Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me always is... Brad. And... James. And they're both really awesome. Hey guys, how's it going? Aw. What's up, buddy? He said we're awesome. I'm going to try something new this week, guys. I'm just going to compliment you all the time instead of just being a dick. Positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement. This is going to make me really uncomfortable. Okay, I'll go back to being a dick. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, no, you don't don't like me as nice, James, so I'm just going back to being a jerk. No, no, I'm just... Be a dick and reinforce your pod show persona so that people think you're (laughs) one and the same. (laughs) I know, you know, it's really funny when we shoot that, and every time I read the character, I'm like, man, I am a fucking dick in these shows. <laughs> um, because one episode we haven't even um, shown yet that we have debuting in season two that we shot some of it for. There's lines in it that are just pretty pretty mean. I say. <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that 2015 pod show uh, season two or whenever they come out. Um, every week on Real Nerds Podcast we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw RoboCop 2014. Um, it's not the 2014th installment of the series. Say, yeah, it's the year 2014. Though I was, I was there when when Brad talked about all the different Robocops, and it it feels like it's the 2014th. <laughs> there's a lot of them because there's that whole like TV series thing, like the the mini series. I remember I was driving back from Wyoming, and you were talking about the Robocop TV series. Yeah, right. Yeah, Prime Direct- Apparently, there's two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Sci-Fi Channel one, I think, or the Canadian one. Uh, that looks like a sci-fi channel production. <laughs> and then I, there's like one, I guess, came out on USA or something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. they had clips of it at the Alamo Draft House beforehand. Oh, yeah. So I think that's it. Oh, is that what that was? I thought it was just them making fun of RoboCop. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember. Um, Interesting. But anyways, yeah, uh, that's what we do. We also talk about movie news, what we've been watching every week. Um, my Jason Statham marathon continues. Also, we do comic books. DVDs are coming out. Box office numbers. DVD. I already said DVDs are coming out. Yeah. You know, movie stuff. Yeah. We love movies. We're going to talk about movies. We also do fan mail. I don't think we got any fan mail, though. Uh, we did. Someone wants to punch me in the face. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, our, that's really not fan mail. Yeah. <laughs> we can't read it because it's, it's, I want to punch Brad. Here's my phone number. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Brandy wants to see a movie with us. Um, any week, we don't have a guest. We'll, we'll send you guys messages who've asked to be on the show. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, like this week we had a guest, and you can hear the interview with Ivan. I don't, I don't want to pronounce his last name because I think I'll mess Pavletic. it up. Uh, but you'll hear that about his movies. So anytime, we'll line you up and um, we'll tell you what movie's available. If you want to see that movie with us and comment on it, you're more than welcome yeah, to. Yeah, that's the hard thing is that next week I don't think we know yet what we're seeing. I know. So, <laughs> so we'll hang in there. So James, I always ask Brad what he wants to do, but fuck Brad this week. Hey. What's the first thing you want to do this week? I want to fuck Brett. Well, uh, no, um, let's watch. Uh, let's do what we've been watching. I'm going to leave. We want to do what we've been watching first. Yeah, All right, I'm yeah. fearing for my life. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> well, I won't be fearing for your life. I'll be fearing for your butthole. <laughs> That's not where I want. Well, you said you, no. I want to fuck Brad. Is what you're saying? No, 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 no. I didn't. I mean, oh, I, I heard no, it. It's I was recorded. Just, I mean, no, I stuck. Go back and, it was. Yeah. It was a. It was a flub. Hey, hang a on a flub. second. Hey, Brad, replay what Br- James just said. I want to fuck Brad. See, it's right there. Ah, man. Um, Why did I say that? 
Yeah, here's here's the stuff we've been watching. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, you never start. You start this time. Fine. Oh, he's he's being nice. Uh, this week I watched three things. The first one is I saw an old movie called Streets of Fire. Uh, Streets of Fire. Oh, oh man, the one I wanted to see that. Cause yeah, it was, did you? Because the... The trailer at Alamo was so stupid, and I really wanted to see it. It was awesome. The movie's stupid, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Keith, the guy who programmed it, um, he's like, his, it's been his mission to get people to watch this movie because he thinks it's like a cult classic, and yeah. everyone should see it. But it's really dumb, mm. huh. and I didn't think it was entertaining. It's the whole story is there's this like drifter character who uh, kind of wanders the earth, and he shows up in this one town where his ex girlfriend is a it's a young Diane Lane. She's a singer. Why is it? I think it's like, uh, what's her name? Emily Aim, I think. And uh, she has this band. And then William Defoe and his gang of like greasers shows up. And oh, they, of course. I am. I am in. <laughs> I, I said William. William Defoe. Uh, and they he watches a little bit of the show. And then when she uh, like ends her song and shouts out the crowd, he does this like loud overacting like no, and then like just starts <laughs> fighting everybody. And then <laughs> bum rushes the stage and kidnaps her. And then the rest of the movie is that like lone warrior. I forget his name, but um, his job is uh, Rick Moranis is the club owner. He hires this guy to go uh, get her, get her back, rescue her, and uh, that's the movie. Is just like him going staging like an onslaught of the greaser gang in this <laughs> Detroit warehouse area, and then their quest back to the town, which uh, before he leaves the greasers' lair, you know. Uh, our hero stealing a bike and then Willem Dafoe like walks up in the, they kind of have this exchange where like, okay, you got the best of me now, but I'm going to come get you in like five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they could just fight right there. Um, well, there's no suspense that, then. Yeah. Uh, there's, that sounds awesome. Uh, you should watch it. If you think, <laughs> if is you it, don't believe just, me, there's a lot of empty space in there. So, so no, boring. it's, a, there's like, really awful dialogue so why does keith like it so much do you think do you think it's so bad that it's one of those movies that's so bad people like it yeah it's it's definitely i can see where people would like it if you're into like kitschy uh like there's also like like a musical essence behind it so you know like rocky horror picture show you know a lot of the people enjoy the music of it i think this is one of those things where it has like a lot of these like rock 80s rock 70s 80s rock songs that are sort of catchy um, or just in this style that like uh, people appreciate. So I think that's it, but it's just like an entertaining movie. It's just other than that, like I can't get into the story. The characters are just like flat, um, mm-hmm. uninteresting, like cheesy as hell. Like you got little Mer- Rick Moranis trying to be this tough, like uh club owner who's <laughs> jealous of the hero's past with the girl he's dating. Um, and then, like, there's this... I don't know why she's in the movie, but... Oh, yeah, the, Dottie from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, she just shows up in the sec, in the third... In, in this... The third third of the movie. Why can't I figure this out? Not the second half, but, like, in the half line, of the in second the half. Third. Yeah. Um, of the movie. She just shows up because she's a <laughs> fan. Half of the second The pre-climax. Half. Yeah. And... Towards the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they're on this bus with... Uh, like this doo-wop uh, group who eventually become like o- the opening act for uh, Emily Aim. I think that's her name. It doesn't matter. But um, 
So they introduced those characters who are just along for the ride because they hijacked their bus and suddenly they're friends. Like they hijack the bus at gunpoint and then they become friends like a scene later like oh yeah it's no problem you pointed a gun at me whatever i stole my bus and like got me got us all in trouble with the cops like we were just going to a show um but yeah that, that dotty from uh Pew's big adventure she just shows up and she's a fan of uh diane lane's character and then she just disappears she's like she's not even part of the end of the movie oh. but she's made to be like the side character and then um, yeah, Rick Moranis, he, like, he's supposed to like act tough and be tough, and he has all these just cheesy-ass lines that just make him look really silly. Um, so if it's like trying to be a B-movie, it succeeded, but I think it's pretty pr- trying to be serious. And it's made by um, Walter Hill, who did The Warriors mm-hmm. um, and yeah. stuff, which Warriors is okay to me. Like A lot of people like that, too. Um, I, like I like the essence of it but that when you actually watch the story of the movie it's very simple yeah. simple one note um yeah and there's like a lot of just like shots of things like the story doesn't move um and like questionable like what's the motivation for any of this <laughs> other than like yeah you kidnapped my girl go get her back you know um so i watched that and the second thing i watched was <laughs> bear with me pretty woman Okay, that's a good movie. movie. Yeah, well, it was interrupted by the Grolix guys, Adam Caton Holland, Andrew Orvidal, and Ben Roy, and Harrison Harrison Raines, who does Mile High Sci-Fi. And that was funny. Uh, The movie, I don't know why it's kind of considered a cinema classic, because it's really dumb and boring. (laughs) Um, And that's because it's like a love story thing. But really, there's just a lot of silliness. Like, why does this make sense to people? Like... It's a, it's also kind of a, like a bad example for women to follow. That so if you become a hooker, you'll get a nice man. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Like what you need, like what makes your life fulfilling is to find a rich man who will take care of you. Um, is really what it boils down to. And then there's just like stuff happens in between. They just kind of hang out and chat. And have you guys seen it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's. You think it's I've great? Seen it a while. I don't think it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a movie that I watch on a regular. I've never yeah. owned it, but uh, a joke they made uh, throughout the movie uh, when they're you know MSD three King it is like, you know, Julia Roberts would say something, and then like I think three or four times the go to was like, and this is how America fell in love with Julia Roberts, you know, <laughs> um, and that whole scene where like she goes back to the um, the clothing store and like shows him up. Yeah, and now she's like all oh, a classy lady. Like in pop culture, it makes it seem like such a big deal. But when you actually watch it in the context of the movie, it's like not a interesting thing at all. See, I never could get on the Julia Roberts bandwagon because her mouth is weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it looks like she could probably suck a mean dick, but I don't know. If... <laughs> hmm. I like Julia Roberts, but I don't know why. I don't. I don't think yeah. she's in anything I really like. Um, I think she's good in thing. You know, she's good in like Steel Magnolias. Um, Mystic yeah. Pizza. <laughs> Pelican Brief. Meh. Meh. Um, what am I forgetting? But I was never like a big... Aaron Brockovich. Remember how was... daring it was if she wore a push-up bra? Yeah, see, I never found that movie to be all that... Neither uh, did I. I think about it. I don't think I've seen a lot of her movies. Remember when we went... Did you see Mona Lisa Smile with me in the theaters? Remember when we went... Uh, I was there, yep. Yeah, Adam dragged oh, us to oh that. Oh, my God. That's... Why? Well, why? I guess I should, you know... Adam didn't drag us to that. His girlfriend wanted to see that, and we just like, oh, I guess we'll see a movie. <laughs> and then halfway through, I was like putting a gun to my mouth, and Brad <laughs> says, it's not worth it. 
I really like Notting Hill. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Um, well, at least a smile. That's like one of those movies that has got have gotten lost as time has got. Like, <laughs> do you really see it on Best no, Buy shelf? I don't. Yeah. Um, Duplicity. So anyway, I saw that. It, it's it's it was a movie made watchable by the Grolix boys cool. making fun of it. Um, the Mexican. And then the other thing I started uh, watching is Eastbound and Down. Nice. Um, Hook. That's Kenny. why I had the Blu-rays for 20 bucks each. Kenny fucking Powers. Kenny fucking Powers. Um, and I just started it. So far, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. But I've only, I'm only like three episodes in, so I don't know. It's a funny show. Yeah. It looks... Just... There's no there's no apologeticness nope. of this character. He's just obnoxious dick to everybody he and does, completely delusional about his own success. He does have a jet ski and a, a pool. And yeah. So... <laughs> So my older brother loves that show. It's like his favorite show on TV. Yeah, mm. I keep meaning to check it out. It's funny if you like Danny McBride, you'll really like it. I spent like an hour in Best Buy thinking, like, because I bought all three seasons because mm-hmm. they're really hard to find on Blu-ray. Yeah, um, I was like sitting there going, like, do I want? I haven't seen the show, but I think I'll like it. So do I want to get the other two seasons while they're cheap right now, mm-hmm. or take it? You know, take a chance and just get one and maybe be able to get the other two late. But I just went for all three. And yeah, might as well. I'm committed, so yeah. hopefully it like stays. It. Awesome. I'm just guessing you'll like it. I'm yeah. just, you know, saying hey, you'll like it. So that's it for me. Oh, so uh, week for Brad. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, sure. I'm just going to keep... Yeah. No one cares about Julia Roberts. She's done an animated film? Like a voice in an animated film? Yeah, I think it's Shark's Tale. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just guessing. I was going to say, I don't see it here. Hmm. I don't know. James, what'd you watch? Um, so uh, the only things that I watched this week are movies that I was uh, checking off of my... Uh, my list of shame, as I have been doing. Um, and this was a, a f- pretty fun one, uh, or at least the whole week was. So the first one I watched was The Searchers. I'd never seen John Ford's The yeah. Searchers, um, which is really interesting. It's uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it, basically um, John Wayne plays this uncle who comes back into town. He's been at war for a while. Um, obviously, it's a Western. Um, and some Indians come and, and like kill the family and kidnapped two of the girls and uh um he and i can't remember the, the character's name but uh he and this other guy who's like a they're they're sort of related they're like i guess he saved this kid and and then the family ended up adopting him so he's kind of like the closest thing to a dad even though they never spent any time together like it's a weird relationship but um the two of them go off and try to run down the Indians and, and get these, these women back. And it takes them years. Um, and it's, it's interesting cause it's not, it's, it's very non-traditional for a West, one of those old Westerns and for John Ford, I think, um, because it's playing with a lot of like racial issues and the, the story is, is not like a straight up action kind of movie. Um, in fact, there's not a whole lot of action in it. I would almost say, um, and, uh, John Wayne's character is kind of a dick. Like you, you honestly think that I don't want to spoil too much of it, but, but at a certain point you, he, the other characters start telling you that he's going to do something very bad that you don't want him to do. Um, and so when you're starting to get near the end, that character becomes more and more the villain of the movie more even than the Indians are. Um, which is really cool. Yeah, um, I saw that movie years ago. My grandpa Leon is a huge Western fan, and when I yeah. was little, he'd always have Gunsmoke on. To this day, every time I walk into his house, Gunsmoke is on the TV. <laughs> and my grandma Lois is, calls him Bud. She's like, "Geez, Bud, how many episodes of Gunsmoke do we have to watch?" And they've been married for 
40 something years so it's like uh yeah but anyways yeah i remember he'd always force me to watch the john wayne movies and stuff and yeah i don't i remember this i've seen the searchers i don't remember too much about it though it's funny because like i i was inspired to make sure that that was like i really want to check that one off more quickly because of watching rooster cogburn a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago um and you put the two movies up against each other and they are they they almost couldn't be more different like they're for, for both being westerns one of them is is fun and is really sort of an actiony kind of movie and the other one is this more introspective big sweeping and absolutely gorgeous um there's this whole on the blu-ray there's a pretty good documentary with um scorsese and a couple other directors um talking about specifically that movie and the impact it had and scorsese goes on this long tirade about why vista vision was so good um which i sort of when i got the blu-ray i'll be honest i saw it on the on the cover like oh it's vista vision and i sort of laughed i was like oh that's funny you know remember when they used to do that where they would brag about what kind of film the movie was shot on but the truth is that as he explained it to me like vista vision was wildly different than the rest and the fact that they that he could have like these big deep you know shots uh, with so much stuff on film but you could still make out the faces of the actors and the actors could be acting 25 feet away from the camera and you'd still pick it up like that was a big deal and it's part of why that movie um it wasn't appreciated i guess as much at the time but part of why for for filmmakers it's been such a big deal um so it was it was really cool i'm i'm glad that i i, I uh i watched it sorry speaking of like like weird projection and stuff yeah uh just walking by my parents tv this week i saw how the west was one part of it in cinemascope yeah. which on television they bend it and it like the top and bottom is curve so hmm it's it, it the left and right side fit the side of the frames but the center dips down so there's like a curved black bar because they used to project that movie on like three different screens yeah, yeah. all at once so like wrapped around wrapped around so, but it, it's, it's still weird that it actually has to bend to fit. Um, yeah, that's that's bizarre. Yeah, you'd think they would just make it, I guess, thinner, huh? Like a thinner rectangle. But yeah, but then you'd be cutting up the film. I just, yeah, sort of. Yeah, well, it's already three pieces stitched back together. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it was it was just interesting, but it continue. wasn't. It didn't look distorted. It's that's the thing. It looks distorted, like huh. it's curved. Yeah, like the center is kind of squished together, and then it gets bigger. As it goes left to right. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Huh. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that, like, I think... I'm glad I watched that featurette on it because I think I would have taken that for granted that, you know... And now I'll probably go and watch some more older westerns and see the, and realize that, like, oh, yeah, it's all shot, like, at mids when they're acting and then the wide shots, they're not acting because they couldn't, just, they couldn't even make out the faces with normal film. Um, it was an interesting thing. Uh, so the other thing that I watched this week was Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I'd never seen. Oh, um, that's a good movie. Yeah, and I sat down no. thinking like... No. Uh, I was bored, but go, go on. I, I, yeah, I sat, that, sat down thinking like, okay, this is like one of those very classic romances and like, you know, it'll probably be good, but it's probably something I've seen before. Um, it was not at all what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. That movie's... How about that Mickey Rooney character, huh? I'm going to get to it. <laughs> so that movie's really, I think, fantastic. And the, the character that, that Audrey Hepburn plays is is bizarrely progressive for, I think, the time that movie came out. Um, you know, I I would hesitate to call it, like, feminist, but it's it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. 
Um, it's hard to talk too much about it without giving away too much. Well, I guess I can say for people who've not seen the movie <laughs> and think and think you know, that it is like over a romance. Sixty five years, you know. No, but there. Hey, there are a lot of people out there like me who hadn't seen the movie and didn't really know what it was about. Um, it's not just like two people meet and fall in love. It's that she's sort of hunting for a rich man and is not a hooker, but like an escort. Like she's not having sex for she's money, but like yeah, she's <laughs> she's like getting paid to go out with these dudes. Um, and then the ones she doesn't like, she's leaving behind because she really just wants to find somebody who's rich. Um, and then she meets a neighbor and they, they, he falls in love with her and has to, you know, make her realize sort of how shitty she is being. Um, and I think the, the arc that that character goes through is, is fantastic. Um, so yeah, then there's Mickey Rooney, which (laughs) it's, it's honestly kind of like Mickey Rooney's really funny. If you weren't playing an Asian man, It'd be great, <laughs> but he's playing like one of the most most racist characters I think I've ever seen. Um, Have you seen the jazz singer? <laughs> well, uh, right. Well, no, I haven't seen the original jazz singer where there's a man literally in blackface. Like it's, um, yeah, it's just really unnerving and and very cringeworthy when you watch it. And it's it's such a shame. Well, do you because think it's a, a product of how we are today? I I would say it the other way. I would say that that's that. That that character is a product of its time. No, that's what I mean. So when you see it, you know, if you watched it back then, you wouldn't think anything of it. But now, right. because we're more sensitive, yeah. That oh you, no, you, absolutely. That you notice um, it more. I think it's just a shame because, like I said, if if he weren't playing an Asian actor, then that movie would be this really spotless gem. But there is this weird thing in there that, honestly, I'm not even sure why that character's in the movie. Exactly. Like, that's what I was it's say, it's like, in the movie for comedic reasons, but other than that, like that character doesn't really serve any purpose. He's out of place. Yeah. It's like someone had a deal with Mickey Rooney, like, oh, <laughs> we're going to have this guy in this movie, but we, yeah. we contractually we can't get rid of him, so we'll have him do his scenes when really that story doesn't need that character at all. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's just sort of a shame. Um Again, funny, but you know, um, and and I'll, I'll even admit, like it's it's kind of even a little bit funnier because of how racist it is. Like, of course, I, there was a part of me that sort of enjoyed those sequences, just because, like, this is ridiculous. How why how is this even happening? Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's a great movie. If if you've never seen it, people need to check that movie out. Wow, you guys are boring this week. Let me get out my scroll. Hang on. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> how how many Jason Statham movies did you see this week? I saw five. Holy <sighs> shit! Um, but I'll get to those. In well, a at second. least this quest will be over fast. It is. <laughs> I only have eleven more movies. Um, I I got my Scream Factory edition of Night of the Demons. Oh, cool! Um, I remember seeing it years ago, and I think I said last week in the podcast. The only scene I remember is this chick's fucking this guy, and she rips out his eyeballs. And yeah, that, that's in that movie. So I, I have seen this movie before. Um, it's it's a definite '80s horror movie where um, you know it has the cliched kids that are like 25 and they're in high school, mm-hmm. and there's the sexed up girl, and there's a girl who's misunderstood, and and then there's a guy who's pining over the uh, the cheerleader, and he's a a greaser from Brooklyn and all the horror stereotypes. Exactly. And they're throwing a, a party at this place called whole house where this girl, Angela says, we're going to look in the mirror and summon this demon. And everyone says, oh, Angela, always a good idea. Yeah, You're full of shit. And so they look in the mirror and they summon this demon and nothing happens. 
But when they turn around, all of a sudden a demon appears in the mirror. <gasps> and yes. And then he uh, possesses one of the girls. And then that girl starts dancing. Then she goes over to Angela and makes out with her. Possessing, yeah. possessing Angela. <laughs> and uh, I are, there, are there now two possessed people? Yes. Oh, okay. And so now this the sexed up girl. Have either of you ever seen Return of the Living Dead? No. No, return now. Yeah, it's a really great horror movie. You guys should check it out. It's really good. Um, but there's this girl named Linnea Quigley in it, and she's really famous because she gets completely naked and dances on top of a uh, tomb. And uh, so she's in this movie, and she's like 30 in this movie, and she's in high school in this movie. But anyways, uh, can you imagine like being her and like she has a friend who doesn't know she like made that movie, and then they rent that movie, and like. <laughs> call him up hey Linnea is that you dancing naked on top of a tomb in a graveyard <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um but it was funny because I was watching the making of it afterwards and she was saying uh that they asked her to do this movie and she said I'm not doing that movie I'm almost 30 and I you want to be in high school and they really wanted her to do it so <laughs> uh she did it so it, in that one though I forgot there are some pretty creepy parts in it um besides the part where Linnea is fucking that guy and she says don't look at me and rips his eyeballs out that's pretty cool um <laughs> before that though she's putting on makeup on her face to make herself look pretty but she's like creepily drawing it all over her face mm-hmm. and then she goes down to her boobs and as she circles it she pushes it, the lipstick into her nipples so i mean it's like a really weird like creepy like you just oh, have to see it man. um anyways it's just about um a bunch of kids getting possessed and killing killing them and if you like gory movies from the 80s you'll like it cool um I was at Target, and they had a lot of um, Blu-rays on sale, and one of the Blu-rays on sale was a movie that my wife wanted to see last year that I never got around to taking to her because she was really busy at school at the time, or at her new job at the time, and that's the new Carrie movie. Mm. Um, so I got that, and you know, actually, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the, the acting in it's better than it was in the 70s. Yeah. Um, the effects are pretty um, gruesome. Um, it definitely earns its R rating. Um, there's lots of cussing in it. Um, the part where she goes, it, it follows the original movie pretty much. Have you guys seen the original movie? Yeah. Uh, it follows the original pretty much beat for beat where um, Carrie finds out that she has t- uh, telekinesis after she has her first period. Um, and so she starts, uh, the, the girls at school make fun of her because she has her first period while she's at school. And yeah. um, so uh, she starts attacking the people that hurt her and her mother, who's played by Julianne Moore. Um, and it's just really, it's actually pretty well done. Um, the acting in it's really good. Um, and the part where she's killing all the kids in the gymnasium is pretty sweet. Because um, there's this one part where, you know those folding a- fold-away uh, bleachers? Well, these kids are trying to climb out the window, and she pushes them in. And, like, all they these... clip their yeah, limbs off. Yeah, they're, <laughs> uh, they get, like, chopped in half, and oh. blood goes everywhere. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really... It, it's a pretty well-done movie. Um, I guess it's an unnecessary remake, because it follows the beats of the original so much. Yeah. But it's also not a bad thing because it updates the pacing of the movie and it updates the look of the movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. So if you like cool. that kind of... Pos- yeah, because it, it's one of those where, like, I like the story and mm-hmm. I like the ideas of the movie, but I was never real charmed with the original. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually kind of excited about it. The shame was more that the trailers for the for the remake, I felt like, showed me a lot of it did. the way they were going to ma- remake the movie, which was just a shame. Um, 
it didn't make me excited for it. It made me feel like I'd seen it. Yeah, um, you know, that's a bummer, with, and especially when we went to Regal, and it says, Regal, first oh, look. Yeah. And it was basically... Like, Here, watch the movie. Yeah, ah. It was 10 minutes long, where they were showing you basically all the key moments of the movie. Yeah. But I will say that scene where she's killing everybody is pretty awesome. Like, cool. throwing people through windows and stuff. Um, cool. And the last thing I, I watched before I get to Statham was I, I rewatched the RoboCop from 1987. Cool. Um, and it's still a pretty sweet movie. Um, there's, there's just some weird parts in it that I... I didn't remember. Uh, I, I still remember how horrific it is when Murphy gets killed in that one. You know, when he gets his hand blown off by the shotgun and he's trying to run away and then he keeps on getting shot. And then um, they, they have. Do they have one last shot in the head? Yeah. Okay. So that's actually the director's cut. Yeah. 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 Because, and I, you know, when I, it's a pretty amazing shot because the camera comes up behind. It's obviously a puppet. He's an animatronic. Yeah. yeah but it pans to, um, I forget the name of the the bad guy Boddicker Boddicker and it pans to him and he points the trigger and it sh- it's in one shot and it shoots him in the head and it's pretty impressive yeah oh. um, I mean it's really violent but, but yeah, it's, it's notable because like a lot of the violence that you're seeing in this cut it was was not in the theatrical yeah and you know because I there's some parts in it too I didn't remember mm-hmm. um, when they first what, what's the name of the walking robot uh, ED, ED 202, 209. 209. Yeah. Uh, it comes in, and I remember he wasted that one dude, and it's way more violent yeah. than the director's cut. Oh, yeah, and the director's cut, it's like a minute longer yeah. of just that guy getting grilled <laughs> with bullets. Yeah, he's, yeah. Right. he's like, Ugh! there's this body parts and blood flying everywhere. Um, but it still has a great message um, for the 80s. You know, it's it's still. It's a satire of. It's a satire of what the 80s corporate were. Corporate culture. Exactly. And... Um, I. It, what was really cool on the Blu-ray, this Blu-ray transfer is really, really good. Um, I didn't notice before, but RoboCop actually has, like, purple in him mm-hmm. um, when he's walking around and how it gleams off of him. Uh, I-, I love, too, the 80s, the dude who crashed into the toxic waste. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. came out of the bag like, oh, man. <laughs> but the makeup effects are badass. because that guy's, uh, Jack Bauer's brother. Yep. yep. <laughs> the makeup effects are badass because his, like, fingers are melting off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he explodes on the windshield. <laughs> explodes on the windshield. You know, it's Verhoeven. Um, and the the last scene where Murphy comes in and he says, uh, you know, I uh, my last uh, priority is I'm not allowed to kill members of Omnicorp's board or something. And uh, he says, you're fired. Thank you. <laughs> and then he, he shoots that guy and he flies out the window. And then the black guy is smiling and he stands up and gives him the thumbs up for <laughs> murdering that guy. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, he's leaving, and he says, what's your name, son? Murphy. And then the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> so the black guy giving him the thumbs up for murdering somebody yeah. is how that movie ends. Um, but, yeah, it's still a fun movie. Um, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it. I, didn't, I haven't seen it in years. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing when you haven't seen a movie in so long. You still remember, like, cuts. You know, the, the shot in the head, the dude getting wasted. You know. Really iconic stuff. Yeah. Right? And you don't, you don't think about it. Because when I got and I looked, oh, it is the unrated director's come. And in my head, I said, oh, well, I even notice a difference. And you you notice a difference. Um, hmm. it, it's really fascinating to me. And you can hear more about those special effects from that movie by listening to our Phil Tippett interview. You can. Yeah. And it's great. I was watching the special features, and there's an interview of Phil Tippett on there. I'm like, hey, we've interviewed Phil Tippett. He's a cool dude. He is. Um, and con- continuing my statham a um, I watched a movie called Blitz which is a European cop thriller about a guy who is killing cops. And Jason Statham is obviously a police officer, but he's a police officer that gives 
the his department an unwanted reputation because he breaks rules and uh, you know he's Jason Statham he's he's gonna go against the grain. Um, in it, there's a guy from uh, who's in all of Edgar Wright's movies. He's one of the dudes who's uh, I forget his name in The World's End, but he's one of the five guys who goes around. It's probably Eddie Marcian. Yes. Yeah. Um, he goes around and does that. So he's like the police captain, and he's he's gay. <laughs> and uh, so there's always jokes that Jason Statham saying about him being gay. There's this girl cop who's a junkie. Um, and this guy's just going around um, killing cops. And Jason Statham has to figure out why he's killing cops. And David Morrissey from The Walking Dead's in it as a tabloid reporter. Um, and the ending's actually really cool. The movie's, it's okay. It's trying to play up kind of the seven angle. Um, but the, the ending's really badass. Um, they... They find out who's doing it, and uh, he's already gotten off once. And uh, they chase him up on top of this roof, and it's this really clever exchange. And um, I'll, I'll spoil it for you guys. He's, he's killed. But Jason Statham says, oh, I think this one's this is one murder that's going to go unsolved. And he blows his brains out. <laughs> and what's cool is this dude like, is laying there, and there's like brain matter all over the place. <laughs> it's great. Um, it's an okay movie, but the ending made it really cool. Cool. Um, Good. Uh, I also watched Death Race, yeah. which actually is a, a pretty cool movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. It's, yeah. uh, I think it's shot really cool. Um, you know, uh, it, I was interested when his wife was you know murdered at the beginning. I said, oh, man, who's setting up Jason Statham and why? <laughs> Cause, isn't, course, isn't that how you feel at the beginning of every Jason yeah, Statham? Yeah, because in this movie, of course, he's an ex-con who's trying to make his life better. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's you know the the Frankenstein driver is a cool idea, and uh, it's it's really cool how they figure out how you know they're being um, pawns by this game warden, I guess. And uh, Jason Statham, of course, figures it out. And it's interesting because like I I like the original um, Death Race two thousand, um, and that movie sort of takes a lot of the. Um, the the meaning and subtext out of it you know by by not having you driving across the country because we're overpopulated so we need cars to run people over mm-hmm. like when you take that out of it i i sort of expect like oh great you're just gonna end up with a sort of shitty uh action yeah. movie but it's actually still pretty interesting well i like, think like the, the story the, they're telling is still cool the race scenes are really cool i think yeah they, they, i mean yeah, they're yeah. shot really well that's the thing with uh, paul ws anderson i think he makes his movies look really cool it's just if he's the writer it loses a lot but he's a writer yeah. of this one too so um, yeah, at least this time he was asked to do something that wasn't, I don't know, his wife's not in it. Yeah. Because she's the worst. I um, wouldn't say that, but, you no, know. No, no. <laughs> I think, uh, but it was really funny because I was watching special features on that, and I realized that Jason Statham on screen, he's, I mean, obviously he's playing a character, but his voice actually changes on screen mm-hmm. because they're interviewing him for this, and he talks like this, and he's just saying, oh, yeah, you know, I have to make sure that I eat things really right. And uh, <laughs> He just sounds like a normal dude. This sounds like a normal dude. He but doesn't always sound like this all the time. Uh, but, you know, he's not like, I need to know if you went a wire. And it's really, like, <laughs> mellow um, voice that he does. So it, it's kind yeah. of interesting. That's cool. And he's really funny, like, on uh, on screen and camera when he's being interviewed. and um, So it's kind of interesting. And I, I really like Death Race. Um, I also watched The Italian Job, which is uh, a Marky Mark movie. But you had you never seen it? I have. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it in years. In yeah, fact, yeah. I didn't even remember when it was made. I had to go look it up, which is 2003. It was made, it was made long enough that, that uh, Pepsi Blue was a drink. Yes. <laughs> and again, this movie's kind of fun. It's not... Yeah. Um, I, I love the... 
there's a part with Statham plays handsome Rob in it, and his his uh, character is he's able to talk girls into doing anything. And there's this really funny scene with Seth Green where he tries to convince the cable company to let him use their car, and he can't do it. And he says, hey, "Watch me do it, mate." And he gets up there, and uh, so he's talking to this like really attractive cable lady. And uh, Seth Green is going, oh, hi, oh, yeah, my name's Handsome Rob. And that's a really funny bit. And it's it's kind of interesting. You know, Donald Sutherland's in it for a little bit. And it's a, it's a great relationship between him and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, it does suffer from, I think, the... Um, the caper kind of movies around that time mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, this is Handsome Rob and this is what he got busted for. And this is this guy and this is what he got busted yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, Where everybody's got a shtick sort of. Yeah, yeah, everybody has a shtick. But I mean, it's it's still fun. And, oh, totally. And Edward Norton's actually kind of a sleazeball in it. So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to see him have fun. I like I like it because it has Charlize Theron in a movie where she's having fun. Yeah. Like it's that and same Mighty with, Joe Young. Same with Edward Norton. I think a lot yeah. of times in Edward Norton movies, he's like, look how serious and brooding I am. Yeah. In this movie, he just gets to be a sleazeball bad guy. Yeah. And, and it's fun to see those actors just be in a movie that's yeah. like, yeah, we're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to enjoy this. Yeah. And it's all right. Um, Ghost of Mars, John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars, which is fucking horrible. Jason Statham's in that? He is. I don't remember that movie at exactly. all. Exactly. You don't remember Jason Statham in it because he only has lines like, The command is dead. What do you want me to do, Sarge? And that's all he does in it. And then you have to put up with Natasha Henstrich and Ice Cube leading and carrying this movie. <laughs> and, and then you have shitty editing and directing by Rob Carpenter, which is really disappointing. Because, you know, if you see Escape from New York or... Rob uh, Carpenter? John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. Oh, okay. Um, Escape from New York, They Live, and things like that. He knows how to direct action. Yeah. Um, and this is really poorly edited. The writing is really stilted. Um, it's just really not a good movie. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I think the idea is cool where these pathogens are in the air in Mars that turn people kind of into zombies. But it's just too bizarre and it never... It, you never believe what you're watching. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds well, weird about you, a movie of Mars, but like when I watch Total Recall, I say, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I can get in this yeah. world. But I couldn't get in the world of Ghosts of Mars. Um, and for some reason, it was around that time when they had Red Planet and all these other Mars missions. Yeah, Mars. Missions None of them Mars. are good. And it's really, I, uh, Yeah, I like... I would probably say that Red Planet's probably the best. I think you're right. But I don't think it's a great movie. No. Like, it, it's it's surprising because, you know, that happens every now and then where a bunch of movies that are similar come out. You know, your Illusionist Prestige, your Deep Impact and Armageddon. Usually there's at least one of them where you're like, oh, yeah, but that was the one that was worth seeing. Mm-hmm. But that, the whole, that whole Mars thing. Yeah, it's just it's just an idea that never takes off. Yeah. And it's really disappointing because John Carpenter is actually, I mean, he's a good director and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the last one is actually uh, one of my favorite Statham movies. And it could be my favorite one. You'll have to see my list when I'm completely done. And it's called The Bank Job. Um, in oh, this yeah. movie, he plays an ex-con, right? Um, but they're trying to pull a heist from this bank because there's pictures that incriminate a royal family member. And so Saffron Burroughs plays this character where she's trying to get off this drug charge. So she hires Jason Statham and all her friends. And she just has to get these pictures and give them to the government so the government doesn't uh so they can uh indict this one um radical um and it's just it's more of a thriller movie there's no really funny parts in it um and it's just it's i think it's a really good movie yeah um, yeah i remember seeing the it's a uh, yeah and jason statham doesn't have his usual i'm gonna kick people's asses moments in it um no like he's actually playing a normal dude yeah yeah it's cool 
and there's and there's just really uh and he's they all act really well the actors in it are british actors that you've seen everywhere um so yeah um that's what i saw this week in my jason Stathamathon. um cool so i hope i only have 11 more movies there's a chance i could get done by midpoint next week wow um, but i i do have to get if some of them are kind of difficult to find so it might take me a little longer but I do know um, In the Name of the King is streaming on Netflix, so <laughs> I don't have to purchase a UA Poll movie. Uh, you should. Uh, yeah, that's not happening. That's one of the, that's one of the more fun bad ones. Um, because when you see things like, like, pay attention to shit like Burt Reynolds' helmet. Burt Reynolds is in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right. First off, pay attention to Burt Reynolds, and then pay attention to Burt Reynolds' fucked up face. And then the weird helmet that's too small for his head that is always riding up. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that movie is stupid. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, I saw it in theaters. Dude, I can't believe you saw it. <laughs> I saw a day of the... Uh, uh, After Dark? The oh, oh, that one. And then I never saw another. You really? You've never seen another one? Oh, man. You, you should not... Yeah, I say, what are you going to recommend to me? <laughs> uh, cool, this is the box office stats. This is the box office stats. So everything was awesome for the Lego movie with $69.1 million. Um, I see what you did there. Uh, it's already made back its money. The biggest probably story is the Monuments Men did really well. Yeah. People were concerned that it wouldn't because it got average reviews. Um, but... It's, uh, it's still a movie I want to see. I can't believe the Lego movie is only sixty million dollars. Only how sixty? Oh, how much cost to make? Yeah, it only oh, costs yeah. sixty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. man. Yep. That's why when you said that, I went and looked it up because I was like, really? Yeah. Man. Sheesh. Cool. So good job. Good job, Lego movie. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for the sequel. Capture people's hearts. My parents went and saw it. They were really impressed. They loved yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. I I'd, like I said, I think it's at ninety eight percent now on Rotten Tomatoes. Who's the yeah. one fucking asshole who didn't like that movie? Armand White. <laughs> I, I'm going to look it up. I bet Armin White didn't like that movie. And just say, oh, cool. I don't like happy, goofy stuff. I mean, you can say it's not the greatest movie, but how can you have a good time watching yeah. it? It's going to have... This year's going to be real hard for that to not be in my top ten. Black-hearted motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm just saying. Hey, that's what was in theaters. What's coming out on Blu-ray that we can purchase? DVD releases and Blu-rays. There's a third season of Game of Thrones out this week. Cool, I can't wait to get it. You're the worst. Um, no, the real thing you're waiting for is uh, the Darkman Collection. Oh, yeah, that already shipped. Like, is that? Is it all three? Is it the whole thing? No, it's just the first one. The other oh, two okay. don't matter. <laughs> well, no, but no. But I know I'm looking forward to the Criterion Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does it have you know what's funny? Is already I, was looking, ordered. I, I was looking for it this week. I'm like, where the fuck is that movie? I want to get it. Did it sell out? And I looked, oh, it doesn't come out till next week. Yeah. Yeah, Although so, I won't actually get it because I paired the shipment with um, an American Tale, which comes out in March. So on Amazon, yeah, no, they'll ship them separately. They're, they'll ship them separately. Yeah, but it told me to wait. No, so that I, 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 do, it, I do it all the time. Dude. They're gonna you have Prime though. Oh, yeah. you don't have Prime, no. so I'll be waiting. But oh. it's just a few more weeks. I don't, just under- two weeks. I don't understand how you exist. <laughs> I love my Prime. <laughs> I, am eight, I am eighty dollars richer per year. So yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Criterion edition of uh, Fantastic F- Mr. Fox, as well as Alfred Hitchcock's Foreign Correspondent, both come out this week. I might get. Cor- I've never seen Foreign Correspondent, yeah, so yeah. I might pick that one up. Uh, there's another season of Nurse Jackie, which I, I didn't know was still on the air, um, as well as Beware the Batman: Shadows of Gotham, season one, part one on Blu-ray. Um, I, I guess that's the new Batman show. 
which is canceled, I think. <laughs> well, this is part one of season one. It looks... I don't like the animation style. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith says it's awesome, though. Yeah. Well, well he says everything about Batman. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. he loves Batman's dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Cool. Uh, this is what's happening in the movie news. We call this segment Real News. In the movie <laughs> world... Wait, I messed that up. <laughs> Here's Real News. It's Real News! So, Shirley Temple died this week. Oh, bummer. At 85. Um, so, she, she's no longer on the good ship. She's death. Like, uh, it surrounds us. <laughs> <laughs> um, the co- kind of cool thing about this was reading about, I didn't realize like how much shit she's done. Oh, yeah. Really. Like, when all the work re- she's done in Africa and things like that. She, she, re- she was a badass. Yeah, when she was retired, she was appointed by two separate presidents to be ambassadors to different countries. Yeah, that Both was really cool. That about her. Died at 85. Like, good for her. Yeah. Way to go. Um, and a cute kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And absolutely adorable. Uh, Avengers started filming this week, uh, and we also yeah. got word that they are definitely working on making a Black Widow movie, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to make Jingle All the Way too. What? Uh, but it won't have Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, in it. it. I don't want to see it. It's going to have, uh, um, oh, dude, Larry the Tom Cable Arnold. Guy. No, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> As yeah, do you? How much do you not want to see that movie right now? Um, the first one's not good. That one even sounds. <laughs> yeah, worse. I know, and it has Schwarzenegger. Who is awesome? Yeah, and it's not like I remember seeing it when I was like ten or whatever, whatever that came, movie came out, and even then being like, yeah, that wasn't very good. Yep. Um, and I like toys. Um, <laughs> so what, what was the movie about back toys? Up. You oh, you like toys in general? I think <laughs> yeah, the no, it, it's Barry it's, his, toys it's like his review of Williams. Rush. It's <laughs> about a rivalry. It's about <laughs> toys. Yeah, so yeah, jingle yeah. all the way. Jingle all the way. It's about. I toys. like toys, James. <laughs> <laughs> I like toys. Uh, <laughs> Um, the, uh, the kids who've been making a remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark for like 20 years, um, this is a guy who's making a, you, you know about this, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's a guy not, who's making a, what? It's not done? Because they screened it at the Alamo. So that's the thing. So, um, it's sort of been done for a while, but there's a guy who's making a documentary about them right now. Um, and so as part of that, they've sort of put together, they've put together a Kickstarter because there's one scene that's not in it. Because they they could never figure out a way to do it, and that's the flying wing sequence. Um, the the whole fight with the big bald dude around the mm. flying wing they could mm. they could never really figure out a way to make that action sequence. So it's always been missing. Um, and every time they screen it somewhere, people always are begging them like, "Oh, you got to do that sequence." So I mean, they've been making this movie for twenty years or something like that. So the guys are drastically different in ages than they were when they started, which I think is part of the charm of the whole project. Um, but sort of to cap off their whole experience and the whole saga, they're doing a Kickstarter so they can raise some money to film that sequence, which I think is kind of badass. Um, I've never got a chance to see this thing, but I've seen like little snippets of it. Um, so I'm, I, I'm really interested to see it. I would, I want these guys to succeed at everything <laughs> they do. Cause I just think they're like, I wish I were those kids. And I think a lot of people do. You, you, you can be James. No, no, no. I'm the too, only thing, I'm the, only, old now. the only thing that's stopping you is your own self. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the very last thing, which I actually think is the most amazing thing on this list, um, because I never thought this was going to happen, is that they have announced this week that they are going to release The Wonder Years on DVD, and I assume Blu-ray, but... Um, Here I am sitting there thinking it was already released. No. Uh, <laughs> you can watch it, it on No, you can watch it on Netflix, but they've changed the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is, they're releasing it with, I forget how they said it, but it sounds like almost all of the music intact. Um, so they figured out the rights on all this stuff. It's taken them forever. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Joe Cocker at his best. <laughs> Cock. 
uh, anyway, um, I just think it's really interesting. It, it's not something I ever thought was going to happen, unless copyright laws change drastically. Well, uh, but Brad was always waiting for the Batman '66 to come out. It's coming out as well. Yeah. Did you guys ever yeah. talk about that? No. No. Because James doesn't care about that. He cares about dead people and you son of a bitch. Sorry, you know, if you, were, if you were ever on the show, we would talk about these things. Um, well, screw you, man. But yeah, that's coming out as well. You a pariah. <laughs> um, what is it? The Batman? Tell DVDs? me about the Batman. Yeah, yeah, tell me. I don't know. That's why you I really didn't, didn't pay attention to that at all. No, I didn't I didn't hear wow. about it. Yeah. That's big news, too. Like, for nerds, that's like one of the most important things. So they're finally releasing the 1966 Batman series as a complete set. They're yep. not going to try and milk us nope. by doing individuals. Um, with all the rights intact, and um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Hopefully, it's only on Blu-ray or Blu-ray DVD combo. Better not be because they put a lot of TV shows out only on DVD. Yeah, even high def shows. Um, so, How I Met Your Mother. Just give me the Blu-ray, and we'll call it even. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How I Met Your Mother's not How on Blu-ray. How I Met Your Mother. What's the other one? Uh, Community. Yeah. Yeah. Community's only. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Family so, Guy. Um, Family Guy. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting, and it's like sometime this year. It's like August, yeah. probably August. I'm, I imagine they'll do like a big San Diego Comic Con re- reveal, yeah, and then three or two or three months later, or probably Christmas. Uh, I think yeah. it's, I think it's in the middle of the year. In the middle, I yeah. hope so. I it can't would, wait. It would make sense for it to be near the fall and you put it in every single stocking. Um, and there's another piece of news I think you didn't touch on because it's casting news, but um, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. No, we talked about that weeks ago. Did you? I believe so. Yeah. All right. Well, what do, what do you think? Because it was Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I don't care about casting. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> anyone. It's 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 unusual. That's yeah. It. But yeah. I'm not gonna like be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And like mm. anyone can be. And you're an actor. You can do anything. Yeah. Uh, the proof will yeah. be on the screen. Yeah. So it works for me. I I get the social. I haven't seen the social social network. So really? I don't, yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. I but I can see what they're trying to do, but um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's not what makes me not interested in that movie. I don't want him to play that same character either, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in a lot of movies, he's kind of the same fast-talking, uh, confident character. He's like the oh. Jewish Vince Vaughn. <laughs> huh. Is Vince Vaughn not Jewish? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not entirely sure that Jesse Eisenberg is. I guess his That's name a, is Eisenberg. Yeah, I think the only thing I've seen him not be the same character in is Adventureland. Yeah. So. Well, and well, but you also have not seen Social Network, and he's not the same in Social Network. Okay. Kind of. He's the same. Is he, mm. is he anyway. in the same? Is the social network character the same as the Now You See Me character? Because I imagine it is. <laughs> no. no. I don't think so. I think those are more similar than like Social Network and Zombieland, which are drastically different characters. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Zombieland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Cool. That was news. This is a comic book James is going to tell us to read. It's probably some bullshit. It's not bullshit. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. No, so I was at uh, Colorado Quinn's Cards and Comics last week um, and was just looking around and I saw this book that was written by Scott Snyder with art by Sean Murphy and I was like, dude, I'll I'll pick that up. And so I asked Andrew about it and I was like, hey, have you heard anything about this? Is it any good? And he he looks at me and goes, you haven't read that yet? And I was like, all right, I guess I got to pick this up. Um, And you should too. It's called The Wake. The way that Andrew pitched it to me was he was like, it's like Alien, but with mermaids. Um, what's what's even more interesting about this to me is that it starts off like in the way future after some kind of apocalypse has happened. 
and it's just a couple pages. You just get a, this little glimpse, um, and then it jumps back to um, basically this this dude shows up um, and hires this woman whose name I forget, as always, uh, who is a uh, she studies like whale songs and things like that, um, and he hires her and brings her to this like uh, underwater submarine base. Um, because they've captured this weird creature that is obviously a mermaid. Um, and he wants her and this other, this team to help him figure out like what the hell this thing is. Um, other than that, it's a mermaid. Um, and of course things go very wrong very quickly. Um, it's really badass. The art is gorgeous. Um, I think the character is really interesting the way he's layering. Cause there are, there is even another sort of story going on at the same time that I'm not telling you about that where like an issue will start and he'll just give you like one or two pages of something very weird and you don't know where you are, or what that part is about. And so I, that's why I'm not telling you cause I don't even know what he's doing with it yet. Um, but it's really intriguing. Um, I think it hits a lot of the beats that you've seen from horror movies like alien and things like that. Um, so it's not necessarily like the most original thing, but I I've never seen it in comics. Um, so it's just it's really entertaining. It's a it's a pretty easy read uh and and a whole lot of fun. I'm it's very quickly becoming one of my favorite things that I'm reading right now. Um if if it can continue to be as good cuz it's only on issue 5. Uh and one of the really cool things about it is that obviously it it must have got a whole lot of buzz very quickly cuz they did a a 5 issue issue re-release where you can get the first 5 issues in one in one like big book. Uh, and they've got a whole bunch of them at, Qua- at Colorado Queens Cars and Comics. Um, so go over there, pick one up, uh, talk to Andrew, ask him to tell you what other stuff you should read, um, and enjoy. That's the book. Nice. Nice. You guys have the weirdest books. You're going to read this, and you're going to be like, yeah, that, that was pretty badass. I'm gonna be like, oh, man, it's just like Aliens with Mermaid. <laughs> See, yeah, see, I said aliens, not like alien, <laughs> just to piss them off. No, it is, you know, it's more like aliens than it is like alien. Hmm. Anyways, uh, this week we went and saw RoboCop, the new RoboCop. I'll get to you because you're the RoboCop fan in a second. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, Come on. <laughs> James, should people go see RoboCop? Um, I'll be honest. I, I haven't quite decided on this one yet. Like, I, I think there's a lot of really interesting ideas here, but I don't think it necessarily does anything new. And I ended up being kind of bored through most of it. Um, so I'm not sure. I think it's, I think it's a renter. Brad, should people go see RoboCop? Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It's definitely a more dramatic version of RoboCop. Um, and there's like one... It is derivative, especially in the action scenes. But there's like one sequence in there that makes up for the lack of ultraviolence. And that is pretty uh, interesting to me. So I would say give it a, give it a try. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in between the both of you. Um, I think it's a renter, but I also kind of enjoyed watching it. Um, I liked the Michael Keaton character a lot. Yeah. I, every time I see him on screen, I'm like, why is the guy not in more movies? Um, and Samuel Jackson. And Samuel Jackson was good in it. Uh, after watching the, the old RoboCop, it kind of has the same beats to it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. This deals more with the man in the machine than the machine. So here's the trailer for RoboCop. What if I told you that even the worst neighborhood in America could be made completely safe? How do I know this? Because it's happening right now in every country in the world but this one. It is great to see American machines helping to promote peace abroad. So then tell me, why 
can't we use these machines here at home? Why is America so robophobic? We need to give Americans a product they can love, a figure they can rally behind. We can't put a machine on the street. Forget machines. They want a product with a conscience. Something that knows what it feels like to be human. Give you mom a kiss. My baby. Too slow, boy. We're gonna put a man inside a machine. Time to wake him up. Make him more tactical. Let's go with black. Quality control, EM-208 versus Tin Man. Wow. We are going to make a lot of money. He's coming. Gonna play good cop, bad cop. Bad cop, Robocop. He's undoing what we did to him. Thank you for your cooperation. The, the story is kind of the same where Omnicorp is trying to figure out a way to introduce robotics into f- enforcement. Um, it has an interesting opening where, yeah. um, you know, it's in, is it in Pakistan is where it opens? Or some Middle Eastern country. Yeah. And the, those one, what are the names of those? I the ED-209s. Yeah, ED-209s yeah. are there. And, yeah. and they have mandatory checking where people have to come out in the streets and they have to deem them a threat or not. And, of course, uh, these people decide they're going on a suicide mission to prove that these things are stupid. And that's the only problem. Well, they're attacking them. Of course they're going to shoot them. Um, well, I think their idea was to – because the, the news station was portraying this as like, oh, look, America is policing the world and making peace for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to, while they were on TV, you know, get some violence out there so that Americans were sort of shocked and woken up, I think was their idea. Um, but I, I still think, though, the scene where that – <laughs> that machine waste that kid is pretty violent. Yeah. Waste that kid. And, and then it cuts to Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is great in it as one of those mm-hmm. uh, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC guys yeah. where he only wants to put across his point of view. Sensationalist. Of, yeah. And it's, I think it's the closest the movie ever gets to the, the Verhoeven like, satire. Yeah. He makes up for all those yeah. goofy commercials and like, yeah. the news anchor things yeah. Mm, yeah, um, yeah exactly the modern version so then you're introduced to detective murphy and in this one he you know he actually they show him with his family and how he's kind of just a nice guy and but he's a really good police officer mm. and he's been working there for a while it's yeah not like he just transferred in the old one he yeah. just got transferred yeah that's right and he uh him and his partner are working undercover to uncover basically another arms dealer in detroit and, and this time detective lewis isn't a woman <laughs> it's a it's the black guy from the wire and uh and I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's how you uh, identify Omar? him, the black guy. Omar. His name is Omar, right? In The Wire. His name is Omar in The Wire. And he, his partner ends up getting shot, and then he's uh, targeted because they find out that he's an underworking cop. And you've seen the trailer and just heard it. Uh, Murphy's blown up. 
Um, it's, you know, I, I do like the scenes. I love Gary Oldman in it. Um, yeah, I think Gary Oldman is probably my favorite actual character. Like, Michael Keaton is the most entertaining, mm-hmm. but as far as a character who actually yeah. has, has to go through some emotions and struggle with things, I think he's the best. Yeah, and it's really cool because they, I, I like, too, in, you know, the old one, it kind of just had some POV shots of him becoming RoboCop. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they showed what it was like to actually become RoboCop. And here's a really cool scene. This is my favorite scene from the movie, and I'm so glad it's on EPK. It's Michael Keaton and Gary Oldman, and they're reviewing the RoboCop's performance, uh, performance in this simulator. And uh, there's a line in it, and I'll let you listen to it first, and I'll talk about it afterwards. We need to give Americans a product they can love figure they can rally behind sir i have dissected this bill there are no loopholes we can't put a machine on the street forget machines you saw the polls americans don't want a machine they want a product with a conscience they want something that knows what it feels like to be human We're going to put a man inside a machine. I just love the line where Michael Keaton says, uh, he says, yeah, see, he's, he's doing it. And then uh, Gary Oldman says something like, he's doing it. And Michael Keaton says, yeah, like an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he has this hesitation. And that's the point they're trying to make is that you can, if you're going to keep a human element in this machine, he's going to have compassion. Yeah. He's going to have some he's gonna hesi- weaknesses. Yeah, he's yeah. going to have hesitation when he's um, going to pull the trigger. And I actually think watching this one and then watching the old one is it, they do a really good job of not making RoboCop so robo. Um, if I had one complaint about the old one is when Peter Weller walked, he walked like a robot. Mm-hmm. And in this one is more sleek. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, the part where he's picking out people in the crowd is really cool. Um, but they still deal with the emotional impact of him losing his family and losing his whole body except for his one hand and his brain, that was, really. That was like my favorite scene was having him pulled apart and like uh coming to terms with the fact mm-hmm. that he's basically just a brain and a chunk of yeah. lungs and a hand um, is that actor's name joel kinnaman yeah uh, yeah so uh, he, he's really good in that he's yeah. really good in he the did movie. a good job this, yeah um but yeah like i agree gary goldman kind of got more of the um emotional like joel kinnaman as robocop and his family it's kind of like a straightforward mm-hmm. yeah it's like you ex- you expect it's going to turn out the way it does right um but Gary Oldman has more of the moral conflictions with, like, do I take his humanity away? Do I please my boss? Right. Like, all those uh, conflicts. But yeah. There, but there's also that great part at the end where, um, spoilers, there, you know, Michael Keaton says, hey, you need to kill this guy. You know, get rid of him because he's thinking too much. And he says, okay, I want all this stuff, all this stuff. And uh, Michael Keaton says, oh, sweet, I got him on board. And then you find out he's racing down there to save him. And mm-hmm. um, and it, it plays out. It's it's really fascinating. What's the scene you're talking about, Brad? That's badass because I think I know what you're talking about. But, I told you uh, when he's like, yeah, he's, his yeah. lungs are in oh, the chamber scene. and he's okay. like pumping away. I thought you yeah. meant like an action scene. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think if there was a cool action scene. A I, lot of it was kind of standard. Yeah, um, uh, the, those are those are the, the sort of two big sweeping things that I that I think were disappointing to me. Like that, that hold this movie back from actually being great because, like I said, I think the ideas, like Gary Oldman as a character, um, the 
the way I, I I disagree with the fact that they still made Robocop so big and clunky and paid homage to the old one so much. Like I would have built them differently. I love but, the Easter egg when they uh, they're reviewing stuff on the screens and they 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 almost allude to the fact that this is like a Robocop set in the future. So it's the same story plan again, but it's actually the same future. Yeah, because yeah. they have plans of the old Robocop displayed on the screen, like the yeah. old clunky design. Yeah, which is fun. Um, but I think the I think it takes too long to get Robocop doing stuff. Like yeah. there's so much time of them explaining the Robocop that, that I'm I'm interested in Gary Oldman's story, but I'm also bored because we're because you're explaining to me a Robocop and you titled to the movie Robocop. I get it at that point. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it just took a long the, time to get started and the then, movie's almost only like this is how he works. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um and and some of that is cool, but it also it just feels a little yeah. long in the tooth. Which makes um, the action scenes boring because there's like the simulator right. And then, like, he rides around the bike. And then, actually, the worst action scene, I think, is... Um, so, they've got their own version of the uh, crime gang leader. Mm-hmm. the bot- I forget this one's name, but um, yeah. he's made... Like, he's... Um, he sets up... Murphy's solving his own murder. And you think, like, this guy is the main villain of the movie, right? Right. And then he goes to that warehouse and wastes everybody. And in the darkness, that guy just gets shot. Yeah. He has no personal like resolution with yeah, him it's just like, he just gets oh, shot yeah i yeah. i sell guns and i i was killed because yeah Robocop and i've got to stop him me. yeah and yeah. then they don't even have like an exchange he just gets wasted in the firefight so yeah I, so so that's the other thing is that i feel like if this movie were rated r they could have had some really badass gruesome cool action scenes in it but the action scenes end up being kind of derivative yeah. um and so it, it all of that build-up would have worked if at the end we had this really great payoff with the action but it I don't know. I, I actually think the best action scene was the second simulator where he goes in there and they're trying to test if he can get away with it after Gary Oldman's adjusted his mind um, where the machine takes over, even though uh, Murphy thinks it's him doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's in that warehouse and he's just capping all those droids and stuff. I think there's some really cool moments yeah. in that. Yeah, I think it's it's shot interestingly. Yeah. There's there's just not a lot of stakes in it. No, no, there's so it's not. it's like it looks cool, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it looks cool, but there's nothing really... Yeah. Because even with uh, Jackie Earl Haley's character, who's cool but kind of flat, um, even he is not able to m- make me feel like, oh, okay, well, in these training simulations, he's actually in any danger. Because mm-hmm. um, I know, like, he's not even on the street yet. Like, he can't be in danger yet. <laughs> you haven't even built a Robocop at this point, you know. Um, yeah. Sorry. Right. I Like I said, I wouldn't have built him. The, like, he still looks... He looks very eighties to me. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, think, I wouldn't have built him. I that think you way. have to like if if you because that I, that original design is so iconic. Like they re- yeah. even as far as they went changing it, like you're straying from alienating like the original fans. Yeah, but fuck them. I think, like, I think it, actually, if you watch, I think it's way slicker because in the old one, he, his shoulders go way higher. Yeah, and it's really bulky. Yeah, it looks like he weighs three thousand yeah, pounds. Yeah, in this he one, bo- he's... but he still in this one he still looks like a dude in a suit. I think that's my issue. Mm. Is that like I would have CG'd his legs a little bit smaller. I would have CG'd his shoulders even smaller. Um, but so isn't so he that, supposed to be a dude in a suit though? No, he's supposed to be. No, they took all of his suit away. He's a robot. He's a robot with a pair of lungs in it. So you only need the chest mm. to really have any weight to it. And then the the legs should basically look like armored versions of the ones in that like the the wounded soldiers and stuff have. Um, that that's the only you know. uh, yeah yeah I, I think he'd be less interesting like that like yeah. if he's too much closer to just a regular man with like metal plates on, like on a regular frame then it just doesn't feel like wh- he should just be like a regular cop I think I was expecting them to 
to explain why he was bulky by having like more stuff like the gun coming out of his hip and stuff like that. Um, but there, it, basically, that happens once, and then I think they kind of did not. because like early on when they're in the ward and the guy's playing the guitar. Like, no one's figured out how to, like, flesh over that design. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, scientifically, they're just not there yet. So he oh, has okay. to be bulky. Yeah, see, to so me, that too, makes sense. To me, because they, they do say, too, that he has to have ar- he has armor on him. Yeah. So that armor is probably protecting all the... Yeah, which doesn't even stop a fifty caliber. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is protecting all the pistons or whatever is in him, the hydraulics. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense to me. I think it looked pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah it, was, it was pretty cool when that armor was riddled away. Like, in yes. the original, you don't see all the parts moving inside, but... That's when I thought it was the most badass. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I'm glad he stuck with the silver suit at the end because I was like, oh, black, of course. Yeah. yeah. Marketing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, th- like, I, I saw it Wednesday, so I'm a little farther removed from, from you guys, but now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, I'm actually liking it more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, like I said, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's not as shallow e- as I, I expected either. Like, yeah, it actually it, has kind of a deep moral story. Right, it, but exactly. But it doesn't excel either. No, it, it's it's a fun. It's movie. a good start. Yeah, if they're gonna go for sequels. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially um, since they got all the setup out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I bet a, a sequel to this movie would probably be badass. But I yeah. think I said the same thing about Total Recall. So <laughs> that you know. Can well, they've never a made a sequel. Yeah. They've only made a remake. Yeah. yeah. Can there be a sequel to Total Recall? In that one. They said that one up. I don't recall. I don't recall. Even though I got it on Blu-ray for $4 on Amazon, I haven't watched it yet. I'm too busy watching Jason Statham, <laughs> knowing if people are wearing wires and things like that. I ain't got time to look for other shit. <laughs> oh, they should make Statham uh, the, uh, what's his name? Kane from oh, RoboCop 2. sweet. Distributing mm. Nuke. I know I'm really excited to see uh, a, pro- a Fast 7 because, you know, he's a bad guy. And he doesn't play bad guys very often. In he fact, plays guys who used to be bad guys. Yeah, who has a not. heart of gold. He'll probably be that in Fast 7, too. He'll probably. probably be something <laughs> oh, yeah, I killed that dude, but I'm really a good guy. Yep. He w- he was stealing drugs from me. Yeah. Drugs that make your car go faster. You didn't even know he was actually a horrible person. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was abusive. So we're here next week. What are we seeing? Three Days to Kill or Pompeii? My argument is probably for Monuments Men. Oh yeah, we haven't seen that, and uh, we could, we yeah, we don't have to see something that did come out this That's week. Fine. So uh, we're seeing Monuments Men. I guess if I had, if we of the two, I, maybe Three Days to Kill. Yeah, because Costner. I think it's still up in the air. We'll keep thinking about it. I think with Three Hundred coming out, Pompeii is gonna make me not like Three Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to watch Pompeii because you want to like Three Hundred. Uh, maybe not pay in the theater <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's like that period because they're overload, both gonna be mediocre CGI. Yeah, washed out, stylized. Maybe, maybe three hundred is gonna be good, but I or just watch Monuments Men. That's fine. Yeah. We'll see Monuments Men. Okay, the decision has been made. Monuments Men. Cool. Then you even have an easy title, Monuments Nerd. Yes. <laughs> is this one gonna be Robo Nerd? I don't know. Probably not that on the nose. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Now I got you thinking. Uh, until next week, bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. 
hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.